Y'all doing good? Praise God. Can y'all stand with me and we just go to the Lord in prayer this evening? Father, we just thank you, Lord, so much to be in your house. God, to be, have the opportunity and to have the privilege to be in your house. God, to have the opportunity to worship you tonight in, in truth. Father, I thank you for the liberty and the freedom and the love of God that I feel in this place. And Father, we just give you this service. God, we ask you to move on our hearts. We ask you to move in our bodies. We ask you to move in our marriages, in our families. And God, let our minds be renewed to become more like you, God, that we would look more like Christ when we walk out of here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Pastor Heath. I just want to honor uh, him for having us tonight. It's a blessing and I've only met him briefly, but I've also only heard good things about him and uh, I'm blessed to be with him tonight and uh, be with you guys and get to share a little bit about what God is doing and has done in our lives and our ministry. Uh, my name, as he said, is J.T. Strong. I'm from Delhi, Louisiana and uh, the Lord uh, wrecked my life. Amen. And I mean that in a, the best way possible. Uh, you know, Jesus said uh, that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And uh, so, you know, when God began to deal with me, uh, I was running from God. I was a lot like Jonah. How many of you have read the, the story of the prophet named Jonah? I ran from God like that from a lo for a long time and lived a life of sin, uh, but I'm glad that he's a God of second chances. I'm glad he's a good father, amen, that when we run and we realize we're down in the, the pigsty, that he comes and gets us and that he can take a life that was broken. And, and, and that's what I want to encourage you with tonight, not about how uh, that I'm anything, amen. Not about how great I am, but how great God is. And that if he can use me, that he can use you. And that if he can move in my life, he can move in your life. Amen. Because a lot of times we see pastors or ministers minister the word and share testimonies, even missionaries about what God's doing. And then you begin to think that there was something special about them. But I don't want you to miss that tonight. That it's not about me, but it's about Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. And uh, so I was lost. Jesus found me. He came to me. He, he resurrected that broken life and uh, set me ablaze for the gospel. And uh, I'm just blessed by that tonight. Amen. Uh, but anyway, um, I was living in New Orleans at the time. Don't have time to share my entire testimony tonight because I want to tell you a little bit about what God is doing. Share some scriptures with you tonight. Encourage you. Stir you up. And I believe God's going to move in here tonight. I believe God's going to touch some bodies in here tonight and encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your walk with him tonight, uh, that you might just be one step closer to him when you leave this place tonight. That's what I'm believing for. Um, but anyway, um, I, I was living in New Orleans, got accepted to law school, and I had my whole life planned out. But that's where I get into the point that he wrecked my life. Uh, because when I met him, I had an encounter with him and I realized that he was more important than the things of this world. Uh, so I gave my life to him and, uh, followed Jesus and man, everybody thought I had lost my mind. Y'all know what I'm saying? Uh, because, uh, his principles and what he does in your life is countercultural to what the world is doing. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And uh, that happened in my life. Before I even knew it was in the Bible, uh, he resurrected me. He made me a new creature. And, uh, you know, I tried to clean my own life up. But I found out I wasn't able. But I read in my Bible, you know, I took my mom's old Bible and I took it with me down to New Orleans, Louisiana, and I began to read in that when I was in grad school down there. And I read in there where the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 14, that sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law but under grace. And when I read that, it became real to me and it got into my spirit and I realized that he could deliver me from all of these things. And he did. And uh, so I began to follow him and he gave me a dream one night when all my friends were coming against me. How many of you know you don't need to listen to everybody that's around you? The Bible says one of the scriptures that has impacted my life tremendously is Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. His leaf will not wither. Whatever he does will prosper. I don't want to listen to the wrong counsel tonight. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so uh, you need to be careful who you listen to. And uh, friends were telling me, you know, you need to go to law school. You need to do this. Man, you've gone crazy. I had friends that I used to drink with. They wanted to come get me and put me in rehab. (laughs) Uh, I was at a men's conference yesterday, and this old preacher, he got up there and he sang a song. He said, it it just went, a couple of verses was like this. He said, if I'm going to have a habit, it's going to be Jesus. And if I'm going to have a hang-up, I'm going to hang on to Him. And if I want to get high, I'll just pray in the Spirit. Because He takes me to new heights and He never lets me down. Man, I woke up this morning and I just thank God. I don't have a hangover anymore. I just remember those old days. There's nothing to go back to. Amen. Uh, But anyway... God has been good. Uh, God gave me a prophetic dream one night when everybody was coming against me. And I saw myself standing in the bush of Africa. And when I saw myself standing there, I woke up. I don't know if it scared me or what. I always feared that if I really fully surrendered to God, he'd do something crazy with me like send me to Africa. That was part of the reason I was running so hard. But uh, I saw myself standing there and I woke up in a cold sweat. Come on, somebody. If you see yourself standing in Africa, that can be a nightmare. And uh, anyway, I saw myself standing there and woke up and the Lord spoke to me. said, son, you want to go back for the things of the world, but I'm trying to take you on the adventure of a lifetime. And so after that, I surrendered to him. I submitted to him. I said, yes, Lord, whatever you want, I'll surrender. I'm going to tell you right now, it hasn't always been easy. We've been through some fire. And we're not to think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that's to try us as though some strange thing has happened to us. But I want you to know that he's faithful. He said in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, amen, that in this world we would have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer tonight because he's overcome the world. 
And whatever you're walking through, like those children in uh, the book of Daniel, three of them were thrown in, but the king looked up and he saw a fourth man standing there. So whatever fire you're going through tonight, I want you to know he's there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth, even to the end of the age. Some, if y'all didn't need that tonight, I did. Amen. <laughs> But anyway, God's been good. So I just, uh, I went out by faith. Got a, a couple, about a year later, God opened a door for me to go on a mission trip. I got to Kenya. Worst experience of my life. I said, God, if you just get me home, I will never leave Louisiana again. Famous last words. So I got back to the States and God began to deal with me. And God began to speak to me. I began to seek the Lord. Lord, I know you've called me to do something for your kingdom, but what is it? So one day, I was fasting and seeking the Lord just to know, God, what's your will for me? I was smart enough to know one thing. Not a lot, but one thing. Lord, I need to be in your will. (laughs) And he gave me that wisdom. I just knew I needed to be in your will because everything we need is in his will. Everything we need is in the place he's called us to. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27 verse 8, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because God gave me a revelation about this scripture. It says, as a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man that leaves his place. Don't leave your place. Amen. So I wanted to find out what's my place, Lord. How many of you are seeking God to know what's my place in your kingdom? How many of you know what your place in the kingdom is? Don't leave your place. Amen. We got a lot of people leaving churches because they're not getting fed. No, no, no. You ought to only leave or stay at the church that God puts you there. And you don't move unless he moves you. And when he moves you, it'll be in a right way and it'll be in an honorable way. It won't tear churches up. It'll build the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Be a blessing to your pastor, not a burden. My goodness. (laughs) They got a hard enough job, I can tell you. And we hadn't talked, so don't get mad at him for anything I say. If I step on your toes and your knuckles, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, But anyway, uh, so after that, I I went to Kenya, and God began to stir over there, and God began to move. And I just want to tell you tonight, God is faithful. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above what we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. And if we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, everything we need to do what He's called us to do will be added to us. don't have to chase blessings. They'll chase you down if you chase him. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, so I went over there uh, by faith. God, uh, opened, God just gave me the grace to believe him, try to believe him as a child. I just want to be in a childlike place. Amen. Uh, we don't have to be theologians. We just need to be like children. Amen. And so... I went over there and uh, found out I needed a wife. And she's not here tonight, but man, God's blessed me with life. The Bible says the, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 22, that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And uh, 
You need to seek the Lord, young people, on who you're supposed to marry. Don't just look at the outside thing. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. And if we trust in the Lord, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on what you see with your eyes. Don't lean on what the world says. Don't lean on natural wisdom. Don't lean on your ability. Don't lean on what anything is that, that the world is saying about it or anybody out there is saying about it. But you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. He promises He'll direct your path and we need direction from the Holy Ghost amen amen more Lord we need more direction and he promises that if we seek him if we ask for wisdom that he'll give it to us liberally he'll give us a double portion of wisdom because uh, we need his wisdom we need to get a hold of his wisdom tonight and uh, anyway uh If you just pursue him, I find he brings all these other things into your life at the right season, at the right moment, at the right time. So my wife was from Delhi. It's a little town like Gina, you know. Gina's bigger than Delhi, actually. And uh, uh, I went over there. Well, God picked her up about the same time. All her friends, even people in the church were telling her, you know, you need to go to grad school. She had finished at ULM, you know. But she felt the stirring of the Spirit of the Lord that I'm called in a long-term mission. So she applied with this missions organization. She put her top choices, South Africa, to go and work at an orphanage down there. And they denied her and they sent her to Kenya from Dale High, Louisiana. We were not connected at this time. God sent us both over there separately. Brought us back to America. Then we met. Six months later, we were married. God is able. People were telling me, son, you're never going to find a wife doing this, man. Ain't no, ain't no woman from America going to want to go live over there with you in Africa. You're eating chickens with feet and heads in the pot, and, you know, there's a mosque on every corner, and witch doctors and all of this stuff, and the roads are bumpy, and there's no, there's no uh, mall of Louisiana. Hello. And uh, if, you, if men, if you want to save some money with your wives, just move to Kenya with me. There's nothing to spend it on. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I told him, I said, look, I said, if God provided one for Adam and there was none on the planet, I got good odds. And so anyway, God, God did that miracle. And uh, anyway, what we're doing right now in Kenya is uh, we have a children's home. We have 31 orphans, vulnerable children uh, that we're caring for out of life and death situations. And uh, we're working with them, preaching the gospel, uh, taking them out of those situations. Our core values are rescue, restore, and reunite. So our final goal is to put these children back into the community. And uh, God told us to do it. I don't get involved in, uh, I try not to get involved in anything unless the Lord's leading me to do it. It's kind of like the, you know, somebody asked uh, the dentist, do I have to floss all my teeth? It's kind of how I compare uh, being led of the Lord on things, you know, seeking God before we do something. He, dentist said, uh, no, son, you don't have to floss all your teeth, just the ones you want to keep. 
And that's kind of how I take being led of God. You know, you don't have to be led of God on every decision. You know, people are like, do I have to really seek God about everything? No, you don't. Just the stuff you want to get right. Amen. And uh, so I sought the Lord and, and God, uh, we already had the children's home, but God was expanding us and we were believing God to build a bigger home. And uh, God, his hand's been in this thing. Uh, I'm just going to share a few testimonies to, tonight just to stir up your faith. Amen. Just to give glory to our God. Amen. Because he's awesome. Um, but uh, when we were building this thing, uh, we had just enough money in the count to, to uh, draw the plans. So we did that because faith without works is dead and you got to just step out, amen, on what you have, where you're at and start stepping toward what God has told you to do, amen. If God has called you into ministry, what are you doing today to step into that? If God has told you uh, to start a business, what are you doing to step into that? If God's told you you're going to do anything, what are you doing to step towards that today? Because faith without works is dead. And as you step towards it, the provision and the resources and the wisdom and the ability and the anointing is going to meet you, not as you're standing still, but as you're stepping. When Abraham got on the top of the mountain, that's where the ram was. That's where the provision was. He couldn't just sit down there and say, maybe there's a ram up there. He had to step into the destiny, step into what God had told him to do. And when he got to the top, the ram was there. Amen. So the miracles come in stepping in to God's plan and path and purpose for your life. And so uh, I'm, 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 my degree is not in theology. My degree is in accounting. So I'm in my office one night in Kenyon in our house over there, and I'm crunching numbers. And uh, one thing that gets in the way of my faith sometimes is what I know about accounting. Because God told me to do this thing, and it's bigger than I am, and I don't see how it's going to happen. Every work of God that God tells you to do starts off impossible. Not, there might be a chance I can do this. No, no, no. If there's a chance you can do it, it's not God. It's impossible for a shepherd boy to kill a giant named Goliath. It's impossible. And he likes, uh, the anointing is his super on our natural And it's going to take the anointing to do what God tells you to do. So I come out of my office and I tell my wife, I say, sweetie, we need to pray about this project. And she's looking at me sideways because I've already told her, uh, the Lord's told us to do this, you know, and, and we've decided and she's heard from God too. And we've talked about it and she's looking at me sideways. Like, I mean, she didn't have to say anything, but it was like, I thought you said you heard from God. But how many of you know to get in faith, sometimes it's a battle. You have to fight. You have to war. You have to war with the promises of God, sometimes with things that have been spoken over you. Amen. And then it might not happen instantly, but you keep believing. You say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And you continue to battle. And you move into that. And you step towards it by faith. And one day you come to a place where you really believe. 
So if you're not in, you got a bad report from the doctor or something's going on in your life, you've got a lost loved one and you're trying to stand in faith, but you're saying my faith is wavering tonight. Don't get in condemnation about it. Just keep saying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Start maneuvering towards that thing. Keep believing, keep fighting, wage war with the promises of God and you'll look up one day and you'll be in faith. But I walked out of my office and I said, babe, we need to pray. And it wasn't the prayer of faith. It was the prayer of unbelief. It was a prayer of unbelief. I was in unbelief. I was just going to throw a Hail Mary prayer up. You know what I mean? But no faith or anointing on the prayer. I just want y'all to know where I'm at. Amen. You tell some missionaries, you think we walk on water and stuff. No, man, we flesh and blood like y'all and have difficulties and sometimes have trouble believing God and sometimes have to fight fear and have to fight unbelief and have to fight depression and have to fight those things. But notice I'm saying we fight. Amen. I told somebody today, I treat all that stuff like a devil. Fear, unbelief, sickness, don't care what it is. We treat that like the devil. That's the enemy. We fight that. Amen. But sometimes it is a fight. He said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He didn't say we throw knockout punches against things that are not flesh and blood. Sometimes it's a wrestle for a moment, but you have the victory in Christ Jesus. And what he did on that cross and that resurrection. But anyway, we said, uh, I said, Let, let's pray. And she looked at me and all of a sudden a note of Kenyan currency, still don't know where it came from to this day, falls off of my arm right in between us. And the spirit of God spoke in both of our spirits at the same moment and said, don't worry about the money. I got that under control. You just do what I told you to do. If we'll just do that, we don't have to worry about the details. So, we drew the plans. Just keep stepping. Speaking in a little country church. 15, 15 people there on a Sunday morning. Lady comes up to me at the end of the service, very casually, nonchalant, you know, and says, I'm going to help you get a well on that property. She walked off. I said, all right, well, praise God. You never know with people, amen, my confidence isn't in them. <laughs> my confidence is in him, but he does use the body of Christ. And so she left. Well, turns out she knew the CEO of Christian Broadcasting Network. And so I got an email from him in three days, said, we heard you got to work in Kenya. We're going to send some people to come look at it. And they did. They come out there, you know, this guy from California and the lady from Kenya, and they're looking at our property, and that guy from California is like, man, how in the world did you end up out here? I said, dude, you got a week? We can sit down and talk about it, but you need a week, you know? And uh, he, uh, he said, why, are you, why do you think you're out here? I said, I don't know except that God, this is where God put us. And uh, he said, well, look, we get a lot of these applications. Don't call us. We'll call you. They never committed to anything, never talked money, never talked about drilling the well. They just came and looked, and they said, our board has to look at this thing. So months went by. I kind of almost halfway forgot about it. It was definitely on the back burner of things that I had going on. But our ministry was on a fast, and I believe so much in fasting. I mean, if you were going to pick, like, the top five things uh, that are important in my life and in ministry, it would make the top five, fasting. And uh, so, and I don't have time to go into all what fasting is, what it's not, and all this stuff tonight, but uh, I believe in it. 
And Jesus talks about it. Go do your own research. I know pastor probably teaches on it. Amen. Uh, but the, we were on a fast. And just our ministry, we weren't seeking God's hand. We were seeking his face. We fast to be near him, not to get what he gives. Now, I'm not one of these preachers that's against what he gives. I think what he gives is good because he's good. Every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So he's good and what he gives is good, but I want to seek him because he's better than what he gives. But anyway, we're last day of this fast. My phone rings and the lady says, Brother Strong, your application was approved and we're drilling tomorrow. Cost $22,000, and we never paid a dime. We got crystal clear drinking water in a land of typhoid, cholera, every waterborne illness you can imagine right there in Africa. We've got a, 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 a well of living water right there. They say in Swahili, Maji Nuhai, which means water is life. So God gave us the well. We're uh, in this building project, and we, did every, we, we finished it cash, just believe in God, you get a little money, buy a few bags of concrete, you know, buy some bricks and do what you can where you're at and you just move as God. I said, Lord, you're, you're the one that's in control. When the money comes in, we build. That's it. You're, the, you're in the control on this thing. I'll build it as fast as I can if the money's there. And, uh, man, we do everything by hand. There's not even a machine to mix the concrete. You put the... Sp- the sack creed and all the, the gravel and the water right down there. And these guys are mixing it up with a shovel right there. Everything by hand. They build it like they build the pyramids. You know what I'm saying? There's no machinery out there. Zero. And they do a pretty good job. You, you don't need a, a fitness center over there. <laughs> Somebody asked me when we were building, y'all going to put a fitness center over there? I said, well, look, you just get on the plane and come over there and see how we live, and then you decide if we need one or not. But uh, anyway, we, uh, we're building this thing, and my family and I, we just took a break. We, we, went, and we went to the coast. The, Kenya's on the coast, so we went over there to the beach, and we're walking down the beach one day. There's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart makes plans, some translations say. It makes plans. In your mind, you make plans. But the Lord directs your steps. And we need to ask him to. Lord, today I'm available to be led by your spirit. And sometimes when you're led by the Spirit, you don't realize you're being led by the Spirit until you look back and say, my goodness, I was led by the Spirit because I wasn't smart enough to do this, but here I am, and I would have been there, and I might have got killed. You see what I'm saying? Well, anyway, we're walking down the beach, nothing super spiritual. We're just taking a little break, you know, and walking down the beach. And there's two restaurants here, and uh, we were hungry, and my wife said, uh, Let's go get something to eat. I said, which one of these places do you want to go? She said, let's go there. And there was nobody in the restaurant. It was off season. It's like going to the beach in Destin in December. You know, it was cold, rainy. Nobody there. Well, we go in, we sit down, and there's another couple across the, the, uh, the restaurant sitting there as well. And somehow we got into a conversation. And the guy asked me, what's your name? I told him. I said, what's your name? He said, Muhammad. Muslim guy, you know, and uh, where we in Kenya, it's heavily Islam, a lot of Islam, a lot of Muslims, 
And uh, for a year and a half, I lived next door to a mosque. Man, that call to prayer in Arabic go off five times a day. Wake you up, can't sleep, 3 a.m., 9, 9 p.m. I mean, all hours of the day, that call to prayer is going off over those loudspeakers. And uh, anyway, this guy, he's asking me, he said, what do you do? I said, well, we have this children's home we're building and all of this. Because a lot of times I share that with Muslim people first anyway, because it's like an inroad, because they automatically have... Uh, at least a bit of honor for what you're doing because they believe in helping the, the, the fatherless. So I, I began to share that, and I told him we were in this building project. He said, uh, well, i tell you what. He said, I'm the owner of the, one of the largest glass companies in the nation, and when you get to the point of putting windows in, I'm going to supply all materials, all labor, Everything I'm going to do it. So Muhammad put the windows in at Strong Point Children's Home. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. God can even use a Muslim. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 that the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord and he can turn it wherever he wants to. Come on, somebody in Jesus' name. God is real and God is powerful. And God, the Bible says, when our ways please the Lord, he can make even our enemies to be at peace with us. But uh, we got that thing built, and God is moving. The main thing is the lives that are being changed there. We're able to take children out of life and death situations. There's multiple children there that would be dead today if the home wasn't there. And that's why God is providing supernaturally like that, because he loves those kids. He loves what he's doing, not us, but through us. And he has a heart for those children. We have some world changers that have come through there. We have multiple kids that were from an Islamic background, got born again, are full of the Holy Ghost, and they're now in university. We have one that's the vice president of her university, and she's a spirit-filled believer, still has an Islamic name, but full of the Holy Ghost. And uh, God is moving in some mighty ways as far as... We, we, another thing that we do, um, I'm also uh, a preacher. I believe uh, that's part of my calling is to preach and teach the Word of God and uh, to reach the lost. So we go in and we equip local evangelists to do person-to-person evangelism in the bush, in the village, and we go out, we pray for the sick, we love on people, we tell them about Jesus, we share the gospel with them, with Muslims, with witch doctors, different people out in the bush, and uh, we've seen God move in some mighty ways through that in equipping these people, and uh, God has worked some incredible miracles. How many of you know he's still a healer? And uh, he's not just a healer over there, but he's a healer right here. Brother Lamar, we've seen God do a few things since we've been here, hadn't we? Amen. Amen. We were at these guys' church the other day a couple of weeks ago, and young lady comes, uh, she was, I guess, from Alexandria and had a knee brace on, had torn her leg up in a golf cart, and uh, she comes up there. She'd only been saved two weeks, so nobody had time to tell her God doesn't heal anymore. And she comes to that altar, and Brother Richie was there laying hands on her, my little girl, my wife, and we're praying for her. And she says, my leg feels light. It's not heavy like it was. And I said, well, praise God, I think God's touching you. And she said, there's no pain in it. It feels good. I said, well, what do you think about taking that thing off? She just unstrapped that dude and took a leap. Talk about a leap of faith to take a jump on a torn up. All these tendons are torn up in your knee. She just jumped up, and when she came down, boom, that dude was healed. The next week, she's on the powerlifting team. (laughs) 
God is good. And God's going to touch some of you tonight. When I was driving down praying in the Holy Ghost, God was giving me a couple of words of knowledge for some people in here. Amen. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, God is good. I'm thankful to have the opportunity just to share a little bit. Man, I'm just scratching the surface tonight of what God's doing. Uh, but continue, please continue to pray for us. Um, we're heading back to Kenya in about three and a half weeks. So uh, my wife couldn't be with us tonight. She's up visiting some family in Arkansas. And so uh, I'm blessed to have had this opportunity. Y'all just stand with me tonight. And uh, the altars are open. We're gonna, uh, I'm going to believe God and pray for you if you have a sickness in your body. Maybe you came in here tonight, and the most important thing is you, you say, I don't know this God you're talking about. And that's what this thing is all about. It's all about knowing him. It's not just about knowing about him. It's not just about knowing a few Bible school stories, but it's about knowing him personally. Because Jesus said in the book of John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that they know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So uh, he wants to know you. He loves you so much. He's radically in love with you. He wants to change your life and make uh, something beautiful out of your life. No matter what you've done, no matter if you've committed murder, God can forgive you. The blood of Jesus is enough to wash away your sins. And if you're here tonight and you don't know that love, you don't know that compassion of our Father, you don't understand who he is, I want you to know that he loves you anyway. The Bible says he commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Not while we were perfect, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you.